Good evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 557 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, April 5th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Sprint is gone for good. Humvees are here to stay, and the Apple tax has been temporarily suspended. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, uh, or on any of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options on the radio or on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are three ways that you can do that. Uh, The first is uh, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can watch the show live and chat with us in the studio. Um, We always love to hear what you have to say. So please do. Uh, The second is if you're in the New York area, you can listen online Uh, Or, well, you can listen online no matter where you are. If you're in the New York area, you can listen on the radio to 88.1 WMLD uh, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, you can always subscribe by going to plugitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including uh, F5 Live and The Pilch Point. Uh, Plug Hits Live presents a whole lot more. You can find all the ways that you can watch or listen. So, Avram... It's been an interesting week here in our studio. How have things been for you? Well, I've been in this chair most of the week. Um, I, I've uh, been in the I sister mean, to this chair. Times. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I haven't really uh, left. I mean, you know how it is it's all over America, but especially here in the New York area. I have not left my house uh, all, all week, uh, not to, I mean, technically, I mean, the last time I really went somewhere was March 14th or something. So, uh, you know, so it's been a while, a couple of times, my son and I walked around the block, but we're not doing that anymore too much because we keep seeing other people in the street. Uh, so we don't want that. So, uh, uh, cause not everybody is doing such a good job of staying home so um ah, you know but it has given me more time to an extent uh with to do um to try different projects although they're all work related projects but i spent some time mucking around with raspberry pi stuff this weekend um and uh one thing i figured out and you'll see an article article about this uh tomorrow on tom's hardware is how to install how to actually use your raspberry pi for covid19 research um you know listeners will remember perhaps a few episodes ago we were talking about folding at home Mm -hmm. which uh by the way tom's hardware my day job or we're still uh doing a fold off through i think the 14th against an on tech and they're beating us so please if people are doing folding join team 40051 anyway folding at home is something that a lot of people use on their pcs uh to 
help contribute to disease research. It, it involves, uh, you know, doing various calculations for protein folding, and uh, it's a distributed computing project, meaning people all over the world dedicate their spare CPU cycles uh, to it. But folding at home does not work on the Raspberry Pi and does not work on your phone uh, or your tablet. It only it only works on uh, on PCs and, and maybe I think Macs. Uh, but uh, this week, another project called Rosetta at Home um, uh, decided that. Well, I think they decided before this week, but this week. Uh, Rosetta at home became available on Raspberry Pi and on Android devices. Uh, and the way that, and Rosetta at home is also doing medical research again, um, trying to, you know, find treatments and cures for, for COVID-19. And what, uh, what they're doing is they're going through an app called Boink, B-O-I-N-C. Uh, and you can actually find Boink uh in the google play store and you can use it on your phone although your phone must be plugged in and on wi-fi and so basically you got to commit to not use your phone i think while it's while it's going uh or an old tablet or, or mm -hmm. whatever and you can uh have it do it in android now uh for those who may be running out to install boink b-o-i-n-c right now uh it stands it's something from berkeley and the it's an abbreviation uh boink uh but uh please note that um you need to select the rosetta at home project because it has a lot of different projects okay uh you know there's one that learns about asteroids and things like that but if you want to fight the coronavirus in particular you want the rosetta at home project uh and there's also a way to do it on raspberry pi uh which you can read about on tomshardware.com starting monday very cool that that sounds like a fun project, and it's uh, it's definitely in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. You've been you've been living in yeah. the Raspberry Pi world for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm on to another project for another article. Uh, another Raspberry Pi project for another article uh, that uh, I hopefully will figure out this week. Uh, I have, and I. And I have an idea, but I won't belabor our sh our show with it. But I actually, if anybody wants to, you know, any of our listeners have any ideas for what I can use for this, I want to create a Raspberry Pi powered hand washing timer. I want to create a device that you almost like a stopwatch that you put near your sink that tell that goes for 20 seconds so that, you know, you washed your hands for 20 seconds. Hmm. Okay. Let me think on that. <laughs> could you use a regular timer for that? Probably, yeah. But I would think about, like, could you make it so you don't have to touch it? Could it be, like, audio-activated? I was thinking. motion-activated? I, yeah. I was thinking... So. I was thinking if it identified the sound of water running. There's, there's almost certainly a way Ooh. to accomplish that. Ooh. Anyway, I won't belabor the point, but if I, I issue the challenge to anyone in our audience, do you have any ideas for how I can make this happen in particular casing or things like that so it doesn't get wet? Um, I'm uh, I'm all ears. That that sounds like fun. I will 
I'm going to keep thinking on that. Uh, my, my projects have also been work-related. Uh, if you are watching live, you will notice that the, um, the video is different than usual. Um, and that is one of the projects, uh, care of a, uh, a new tool that we're, that we're using called Restream that, uh, allows me to push the video out only once. In the past, uh, we were actually pushing the video six times out of here, um, to six different services. Now we're doing it just once, uh, and even more importantly, uh, it also gives me the ability to have a unified chat room. So in the past, if you tried to send us a message during the live show on Periscope, for example, I had no idea uh, until after the show because uh, Periscope did not give us a good way to watch the, the chat. But I can now see Periscope up on the screen here in the studio. So uh, Mixer, YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope are all good ways to get us now. So four of the six platforms are good, and uh, we're going to see how this works. So far, it looks like it's going well, which is good, uh, because during testing at one point, the uh, stream turned off. So if we disappear, I apologize. We will, <laughs> we will be right back, um, but that's, that's pretty cool. And um, boy, did I edit videos this week. I don't know. Something got me going this week, and I, I had a burst of ambition and all kinds of stuff happened so <laughs> i even i even finally priced out the new computer for in here so it's been <laughs> it's been a good productive week for me too but we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week because a lot of interesting things happened so let's get down to some news This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Uh, whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, uh, an Xbox One, uh, or a variety of other things like a, a phone or a VR or AR headsets, things like that, uh, you can get all of them through the Microsoft Store. Uh, and it's that time of year where there are all kinds of uh, uh, spring deals on Surface and uh, Xbox consoles and a whole bunch more to find all of those deals and uh, to get your discount if you're a student or uh, military you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft now this is a topic we've been talking about for a long time since before it was just the two of us we we've talked about the prospect of this uh, but this week it is official uh, sprint is no more uh, the T-Mobile Sprint merger has completed. The new organization, which will be known as T-Mobile, or is currently being known in marketing as the new T-Mobile, um, will look a little different than the the company that it was previously, Jean Legere, who is um, famously weird and uh, was kind of the reason why T-Mobile came back from the brink of nothing uh, has stepped down as CEO. That was a plan <laughs> upon the completion of the merger. Uh, John Legere's plan was to step down as CEO and the chief operating officer was going to step into the role. Uh, that has happened. Uh, and so the number three and number four 
uh, wireless carriers in the U.S. are now the number three carrier in the U.S. because even together they are not as big as Verizon or AT&T, uh, which was the problem, right? They Neither one of them had the resources to, to compete in the way that AT&T and Verizon were. Um, and I think anybody who's been watching the industry for the last couple of years had a sneaking suspicion that Sprint probably wasn't going to make it out of 2021 at the rate they were going uh, with their history of very bad decisions. <laughs> Next tell. Uh, <laughs> they've made some really dumb decisions over the years. Uh, Next tell, YMAX, you know, just <sighs> bad moves. And uh, it finally caught up to them. And I don't think they would have made it on their own anyway. So I guess the choices were merge them now or wait until the assets were up for auction. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I mean, Sprint has had a very bad reputation for a very long time. Uh, also, that you didn't mention their bet on CDMA, you know, them using CDMA technology when everybody else was using well, except Verizon. Verizon can get away with it, but Sprint can't. I was going to say, in fairness, yeah, in fairness, when they went yeah. down the CDMA path, uh, it was 70% of the world was using CDMA. Over time, things changed. It was the 4G move that was that they decided to stay on the CDMA path at 4G when Verizon took the path down to LTE. That was the, that was the big difference right. because... Uh, right. Because LTE right, yeah. is GSM and WiMAX was CDMA. Everybody on the planet abandoned CDMA at 4G, except for Sprint and uh, one carrier in Japan. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so not a good move on their part. I mean, I never had an account with Sprint, but I, I kept hearing things about poor customer service and people having issues from different people. And I mean, it, it, it just... Um, but at the same time, I, I do feel, I, you know, first of all, this is probably going to, I don't know. I mean, I guess as long as they're number three, T-Mobile has an incentive to continue to, uh, try and, you know, outbid out, you know, outprice Verizon and, and, uh, and, and AT&T, but like it does, I do understand people were concerned about anti-competitive stuff. I mean, I don't think T-Mobile was in a great competition with Sprint as much as they're in a competition with the other two, though, because, as you say, Sprint was Sprint was on death's door. I mean, they do have subscribers. Now, what happens to... So I, I, do we know what happens to all those accounts? Yes. And do we know what happens to all the, the Sprint stores? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so it's actually kind of weird the way everything's going to go. If you are a Sprint postpaid customer it will be probably very similar over the next 12 to 24 months to the way uh, singular bought AT&T wireless um, things will continue to work uh, and at some point the incentives to upgrade your phone will become greater and greater and greater and in that upgrade you will move off of the old network and onto the new one um, so that will pull you out of the old billing system and because of the weird purchase that was singular in AT&T. Um, we weren't allowed to say that they were a former AT&T customer. We had to call them a blue customer. So um, 
blue customers were upgraded into singular uh, and pulled out of the old billing system into the new one so that the blue billing system could be retired. This will be the exact same process. If you are a Sprint prepaid customer, you may not know that you are. So there is a Sprint brand. There is a Virgin Mobile brand. There is a Boost Mobile brand. All of those are Sprint. <clears throat> if you are a Sprint prepaid customer, you are about to be a customer of the new number four U.S. wireless carrier, Dish Network. Um, those customers did not get purchased in the agreement. The only way that they could get uh, the Department of Justice to agree to the merger <clears throat> was to sell all of the prepaid Sprint business to Dish Network, along with a ton of Spectrum, um, a bunch in the 800 range, I think. Uh, all going to Dish Network, who will now be the number four U.S. carrier. Uh, most of the Sprint stores went with that. So most of them will become, uh, will either become Dish Network Wireless, whatever that ends up being called. Because they haven't talked about it. Um, or will be shuttered. Because Sprint ended up buying a bunch of the old Radio Shack stores, so they have way too many locations. <laughs> so uh, some of them will be shuttered some of them will become dish network mobile whatever that ends up being called so that will be the process I nobody knows what the dish network transition is going to look like but the the sprint to T-Mobile transition is pretty is pretty normal we saw it with with AT&T to singular we saw it with Altel to Verizon this far from Far from the first time the industry has done this. So that's a pretty known path. Well, so what are they going to what is T-Mobile? What does T-Mobile get out of this besides the subscribers? Do they, is it the spectrum and how are they going to use the spectrum if they still have to support the old network? So uh, they only have to support the old network theoretically through the end of any existing contracts, which... Uh, as of the, the first of the month, uh, all new contracts uh, are not with Sprint there with T-Mobile. Um, so they don't have to... They've got two years that they have to honor the old network. They will probably honor it longer than that. Um, but Sprint also has a ton of unused spectrum uh, intended for the LTE rollout, for example. Uh in some bands that are different from where uh, T-Mobile owns Spectrum uh, that are in longer range bands, which, honest to God, I think that's what T-Mobile wanted um, because they got screwed in the last Spectrum auction. Um, Dish Network and Sprint kind of owned that last auction, and T-Mobile got screwed in it, and so I think they went looking for a way to deal with it, and buying Sprint was a way to do it. But yeah, they also get all the subscribers. Well, yeah, well, I hope I hope the new company is, you know, I think they're right to keep it as T-Mobile because Sprint did not have a good reputation uh, and T-Mobile has done has done a good job. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm on T-Mobile now under, a couple of years under John. and it's done a good job under John. <clears throat> Before John Legere, T-Mobile's reputation right, which, was somehow even worse than Sprint's. <laughs> And then John Legere right. came around. So this really can uncarrier, and here we were. 
so why didn't they beg him to stay? Or I mean, like he he's done a good job. Or isn't anyone concerned that it's going to go back, take a step back? Uh, you know, I. In fairness, it's his chief operating officer officer who's taking over, so it could be more of the same. Although you know, it's, it's Steve Ballmer was was uh was Bill Gates' chief operating officer and uh, Tim Cook was was uh, Steve Jobs and both of those companies went a very different direction. So, who knows? Right. Yeah. Well. Uh, I hope they uh, I hope they keep it going because uh, they've been doing a good job bringing competition to the other two and you know really innovating. Yeah, um, you know the last and it to to put into perspective how important a CEO is, uh, we can just look at the the wireless industry before John Legere, T-Mobile was literally the butt of the joke. Um, in the industry, they were number four and they were number four by a margin. It was huge behind Sprint. Uh, under John Legere and his his bizarre way of getting attention for himself and therefore the company showing up in a, in a T-Mobile branded t-shirt uninvited to an AT&T party at CES and, you know, just a weird guy. Um, he changed the whole atmosphere at the company people loved it he uh but he also put focus on the things that mattered right he took the network from being a joke to being being stable um you know when 4g came out they were there were there was all this stuff about them lying about 4g and then he came in and went oh no no let's put it in for real and let's stop screwing around and then on the other hand you look at sprint uh dan hesse under Dan, the the company was growing and thriving, and as soon as he left, oh, here we are. Now, granted, he was still dealing with the next hell thing, um, but you know, Sprint was doing well under Dan, and when he left, things went awry. But they didn't put one of his people in to replace him, so you know, it's a little different. But you know, the the CEO can have a huge impact on the on the culture and the kind of beliefs of the company and certainly the direction. So, you know, with new management comes new ideas. Hopefully they will continue down the path they've been on. Like you said, because, uh, the path they've been on took them from being the number four joke to buying what was the number three company at the time, uh, kind of the originator of wireless, uh, the first digital network in the world. So, you know, it's, <laughs> leadership's important we'll see what happens um i am really interested in seeing what happens with dish network though as a company with no wireless network buying into the business um plus all the spectrum that they've bought uh they might become uh, a force so it'll be interesting to see what they're up to as well because like i said nobody knows what their intentions are and that's always a weird place to be so my guess is we will not have to wait long because you don't spend as much money on on a company as they did and uh sit on it so we will probably know soon
This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. Uh, when you're online, you want to uh, keep some of your behavior private, either from your ISP, from Facebook and Google particularly. Um, and a great way to do that is with a VPN like PureVPN. Uh, you can obfuscate your usage. You can report a different location. Uh, so you can continue to watch your Hulu while you're out on the road or get your local news uh, while you're traveling. Uh, and right now, there's a 31-day free trial, so you get a full month to try it out to make sure it's for you. And you can get all of that information by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram, what have you got for us this week? So, um, I don't have to tell anybody in our audience that we are living in unprecedented times uh, where there's lots of issues in the world. And perhaps some of them, a lot of them, are bigger than where can I get my tech. But at the same time, uh, people need 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 things right sure and right now if you want to order tech uh, gadgets from gadgets computers computer parts things you might actually need to do work maybe even to do something that's essential considered essential work things that are really important uh you will might have a problem getting it delivered from amazon and you might have a problem getting it delivered and uh you know there you may have problems also at best buy or walmart uh, in terms of, you know, shopping online, uh, there's just a lot of delays, right? A lot of things out of stock and delayed. And so, and Amazon has said very specifically, this is not like, you know, just an observation. They've said we're prior. And I think Walmart has said this also, like we're prioritizing essentials. And I think by essentials, they mean, you know, food, medicine, diapers, uh, paper towels, you know, things like that. Uh, so it is, so if you order stuff on Amazon, you may not be seeing it for a while if it's tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I decided, uh, Hey, one of the things I want to do during this extended, uh, work from home period is I want to do, and I've been planning to do this for a while was I wanted to do a roundup of raspberry pi cases and so we ordered like you know 15 cases which you know they have a lot of on from amazon Mm -hmm. that was two weeks ago so far one case has arrived so uh so what do you do now if you need tech well uh tom's hardware we went out and we talked to some vendors to some retailers and it seems that there's you can get stuff shipped overnight just don't use just look at where you're shopping so new egg for example is still new egg is still shipping stuff you know within a day or two they're they are pretty much fully stocked they have they have all the components they have you know full systems they have peripherals uh and they're you know and they uh they're not having problems with shipping we actually talked to their ceo and he said that um 
you know, they've been very careful about managing their inventory uh, to, you know, to make sure that they were getting things in and they have a, a back stock and they're, uh, they're in good shape. Um, similarly, if you want to buy a, a whole PC, uh, we talked to a couple of uh, smaller PC vendors and they told us they're shipping things in, you know, pre-built, pre-made stuff in one to two days and things that are like custom made, you know, often in as little as a week. Uh, so we talked to iBuyPower uh, and we talked to Main Gear. Uh, both of those uh, are kind of smaller PC vendors that, you know, make and build their own stuff. And uh, they said, you know, not they are able to they have plenty of stock and they're able to and they're turning around orders very quickly. So uh, I'm sure they're not the ones that I just mentioned. Uh, Newegg, iBuyPower and Main Gear are not the only ones, uh, you know, it so it's really a matter of where where are you shopping online for your tech stuff and what is their what is their priority right now is there if they're busy with something else uh then your your tech supplies may not may not come for a while um so uh now new egg amongst people who build build pcs and do upgrades is you know has has for a long time been uh, one of the top sites a place people love to shop so uh that's definitely always a good choice uh, although for me buying raspberry pi stuff they don't seem like they're very strong in in that area so um you know i ha- so if i want to go buy that kind of stuff i have to see see where else uh uh one one place that sells a lot of like you know raspberry pi and arduino and maker stuff uh out of fruit uh it has has said like sh- uh uh, they are not right now. They've converted their their. They Autofruit's a very interesting company. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard of them, they are a manufacturer and they also sell their own stuff. A manufacturer uh, and seller of like all kinds of small DIY electronic kits. They make lots of different boards. They make lots of Raspberry Pi accessories, Arduino accessories, all kinds of stuff. LED Their pixels. Their website, autofruit.com, LED pixels, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and I always wanted to, maybe one day I'll be able to go down there and interview the people or something because <laughs> they actually have their factory in New York City. Oh, wow. They are ma- manufacturing circuit boards in New York City. That is downtown uh, New York City. That that's where their office is located. That's where, and that is their factory. Hmm. Um, but uh, apparently, they uh, have taken up the cause of now they're making PPE there. Mm-hmm. So they're not fulfilling. They said they're not. Their priority is not fulfilling uh, tech orders. It's it's doing PPE PPE uh, like you know masks and shields for for doctors. Uh, and first responders, uh, and that, and that's what they've switched to doing for the for the next for the foreseeable future. So, like, really good on them. But if you want to buy something <laughs> from them, uh, you probably should look. You probably should look elsewhere. So, that's um, you know. So, 
you know, overall, uh, I definitely encourage people to check out our article on this, how to buy PCs and parts that ship right now uh, on tomshardware.com. Uh, but, uh, oh, yes, apparently B&H Photo is another one that is shipping things pretty rapidly. Uh, I was going to ask um, about that one. <laughs> yes, it's another one that's shipping things pretty rapidly. Um, so those are you know keep keep an eye out now here in the um in the east we have micro center which uh for those around the country who are not familiar with micro center it's an in-person store uh that is really excellent for buying computer parts buying maker parts like raspberry pi stuff buying all kinds of like high-tech stuff it's like what CompUSA, it's better than CompUSA used to be. CompUSA was like that, but not, you know, but was overpriced and didn't always have a good selection. This place is is everything that CompUSA should have been. Uh, but there's only, tw uh, but, uh, and some of their stores are still open, although I wouldn't, you know, recommend getting out of your house unless you really need to. So uh, what they are doing uh, is they've got their website, um, but, you know, I look there and a lot of the things say five to seven days. Now, maybe that's not terrible, five to seven days compared to Amazon, which can say we don't even know when we're shipping. Uh, but uh, definitely something to, to keep in mind is, you know, what is the shipping promise? Um, you know, where is your stuff coming from? Mm -hmm. uh, even on Newegg, you've got to look and see things from third party sellers can take a lot longer Uh can take a lot longer depending on the third-party seller. Uh, like one thing I saw in Newegg that was very interesting is that they apparently have masks for sale. Like they're not sold out, hmm. uh, which, you know, that, that's not what they're known for. They're known for being an electronic place, but they have a lot of non-electronic stuff that people put on, particularly third-party vendors. And they have masks, and the masks, though, are shipping directly from China. So they probably won't be coming for a while. Um, so I guess you have to look at, you know, what is the shipping estimate on what it is, the thing that you want to buy. Um, but, uh, overall, uh, definitely those are some places to look, uh, when you, when you need some electronics, uh, now, which a lot of us do. True. I, uh, I, uh, started putting my, my parts less together for the studio and, uh, the, the two places that came up as the, the part suppliers were Newegg and B&H. So, so it's good to know that if I were to, to yep. bite the bullet right now and use some of my downtime to, uh, to do another upgrade in here, uh, that I would likely have that ability. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the B&H one, I'm only hearing comments, whereas Newegg, we actually you know interviewed them and they they responded and said that they're uh, that they're in good shape for shipping. So I can, I mean, obviously we're, we're going by their word. We haven't, you know, done mm -hmm. extensive testing of ordering things every day to see if they still come. But, um, you know, it, it, if they're saying that it's going to come, that's definitely a lot better than other sites like Amazon telling you it's probably not going to come. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, B and H's website, says right in a banner right across the top that they're still doing 
their regular free fast delivery and uh, in-store pickup, except in New York City, obviously. Uh, they can't do in-store pickup there. Isn't that but the only place their store is? No, I think they actually have yeah. like three or four locations now. I They definitely used to only have the New York City location, but this definitely suggests that there's more than one. So ah, okay. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't like, like, um, micro center is doing in-store pickup or like even curbside pickup, but I just, uh-uh. I, I don't want to go out of my house. I don't even want that, mm-hmm. um, right now. So obviously best for everybody to have things delivered when you can. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm totally with you. I mean, I definitely want to go out of my house, but I don't. Yes. I would like to see a visual that is not the office, the studio, or my apartment. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'd rather not be. I certainly don't want to go to a retail store, I guess is the point. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely well, not. Well, Avram, I appreciate this. Uh, as somebody who has been looking at and purchasing parts for my my uh, renovated office uh for for the new uh work I'm doing uh you know getting getting those parts was a little challenging I had to look at different different retailers and uh, so it, it's it's good to remind people that we all know it's weird out there but it's a little weirder than we think and and even something as simple as well trying to buy a webcam is basically impossible and uh buying a video card could be difficult if you go to the wrong place. So definitely thank you for that. And uh, obviously uh, we will talk. I look forward to whatever we talk about next and there's never any telling what it might be. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a a great keyboard and mouse uh, for your gaming rig or even your office, uh, or you're looking for a controller for your PC or console, uh, Razer has all of that, and uh, they've got some some uh, great deals right now uh, full system the razor blade 15 mercury edition is 400 dollars off and uh leading back into our last topic razor is shipping products uh now so that's an important part of the part of the agreement so uh to find out all about the products that they offer and to see the deals that they've got going on right now you can go to f5live.tv slash razor See, it's an important part, right? I mean, having a deal on something doesn't matter if, it, if they're not shipping it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, we haven't talked about this topic before, but it's been on my radar. It's an interesting one. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a lawsuit filed by uh, AM General, uh, the car company, uh, against Activision 
which is an odd lawsuit on the surface. Uh, the lawsuit was about uh, Activision's use of Humvees in uh, Call of Duty titles. Um, obviously, the Humvee is kind of synonymous with uh, certain uh, certain uh, eras of war, right? Uh, and Call of Duty has produced titles in those eras. Uh, and so the inclusion of the Humvee uh, made sense uh, for them because, well, the games are, to an extent, about realism. Obviously, it's a video game, so there's there's a level of artistic license, but you know, if the if the idea is to recreate, you know, London in World War II, you've got to include the buildings and all the things that would have been there. Um, and so, Call of Duty has regularly included uh, Humvees in their games. AM General AMG uh, believed that that was a violation of their copyright, copyright, trademark, trademark. Um, filed suit. It made it to a federal court this week. It has gone through other other levels of court cases in the past, but until you get to a federal court, the the ruling isn't all that important. And so uh, a federal judge this week ruled that uh, Activision had a complete uh, right to include the Humvee in their games and uh, cited... A case from 1989, um, which allows for an artist to include a copyrighted or trademarked piece of content in their artwork if it is um, uh, relevant to the piece. And so if you're making a video game about war, the inclusion of a Humvee was part of that era and therefore uh, is is viable to be used in the game. AMG believed that uh, that it fell more under the uh, the I don't know racing games where you know a company would go out and get licensing to be able to use Ferraris and stuff like that. But you know the inclusion of a real car in in a street racing game isn't essential or germane to the to the concept uh, but in this case it is and the judge even said if realism is an artistic goal then the presence in modern warfare games of vehicles employed by actual militaries undoubtedly furthers that goal so humvees are staying in call of duty <laughs> well you know i think this is good uh one thing i i have to admit i haven't played a call of duty that had i haven't you know seen the humvees in call of duty do they actually have humvee branding on them or do they just look like humvees they just look like uh which was which was part so, of which was part of the thing they didn't try to use the logos they didn't try and use branding they just used very accurate representations of the vehicles i mean that's that's history, right? Right. I mean, that's a piece of history. If, I mean, uh, if you had to get, uh, if you had to get permission for everything that every artist ever did, mm -hmm. we would, you know, that was similar to 
something in re- that re- in real life, particularly when something's supposed to be historically accurate, uh, it would be a field day for lawyers like this is. Right. Uh, I mean, it yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I'm glad that uh, the court ruled in in Activision's favor, which is a sentence uh, you don't hear has, very often. Yes, I'm glad the court ruled in Activision's favor. Uh, right, because you know it's the kind of thing that kind of that if it, it was if it was or is later upheld uh, has kind of a chilling effect on free speech. Right, mm-hmm. I mean games, video games are a form of speech, just like movies and books and and newspaper articles and, and social media posts and everything else. So, like, if you if you're representing the the military and they have Humvee vehicles, then you know then that's that's what it is. Now, right. what I what I find interesting is, um, is I don't know what would happen if this was a racing game, and that was one of the cars you could choose. Does that uh, you know would that make it different? almost certainly because the 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 judgment uh is is twofold uh the well there's there's six prongs uh for the test but two in particular that matter uh the first one is based on this this 1989 case uh that says that the inclusion of the protected piece must be uh essential to or germane to the piece so um so in that case it falls apart because having uh you're you're not in a video game a racing game you're not actually dealing with the aerodynamics of the vehicle there hasn't been a game that's gotten quite that detailed um so you know the design of the body isn't germane to the piece uh and the second prong that matters both of which were failed uh, on this one, by the way, uh, the second piece that matters is that um, the inclusion of the the protected piece does not create a significant. I can't remember the exact wording. Um, doesn't create a significant confusion about the relationship between the piece and the 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 protected works holder. Um, so the inclusion right. of a Ferrari in a racing game would suggest a relationship between Ferrari and said racing game. Um, but in this case, uh, it was, it's actually kind of funny. AMG did their own, uh, con- consumer study and determined that only 16% of people thought that AMG may, may have had a relationship with Call of Duty, uh, for the inclusion of the, the Humvee. Um, and that was not a significant confusion um, because May made it, eh. <laughs> and sixteen percent wasn't wasn't okay. significant. So, uh, but you know, having especially with history on our side uh, and knowing that a racing game licenses vehicles, even if it wasn't required uh, today, a gamer would assume a relationship between the 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 pieces. I would only only because of tradition only because of knowing that you know 
some of the biggest announcements that uh, Major Nelson has ever made for for Xbox has been the the licensing of new cars for Gran Turismo games. You know what I mean? Gran Turismo? The other one. Doesn't matter. Whichever one's on the Xbox. I'm not a racing game person. I'm going to get crap for this, and I know. I don't care. Um, I don't know which one's Gran, I think Gran Turismo is PlayStation. See, that's what I thought. It's the Gran other Turismo one, then. PlayStation. Whatever. See? I don't know. But I do know that Major Nelson has made some big announcements and put a lot of put a lot of weight behind. Hey, this car is coming to whatever the Xbox's game is. Sorry, guys. I know Microsoft's a sponsor. I have no idea what their game is. <laughs> um, but you know, they've made big deals about it in the past, and therefore today, even I, as not a racing game fan, even I would assume a Forza. relationship. Forza. Yep. Yep. Uh, even I would assume a relationship. So uh, it wouldn't win on on either of those. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, the I'm glad that it it went Activision's way, which again, not something you say often, um, because it's it's important not just for video games, but for you know artistic expression as a whole. Because can you imagine Warhol? Uh, getting permission to use the Campbell soup cans. <laughs> this week's news from the tubes and F five live is proudly powered by riff tracks, make fun of movies and let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters. Oh, they're messing me up. For Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like uh, Star Raiders. I apologize. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was the one that they came up with, which is unusual. Um, the way it works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Um, they also do live events. Those live events oftentimes make it onto uh, the site as purchasable content as well. For example, one of my all-time favorite live events, uh, if you look at my Instagram, you'll probably still see the photo. It is Sharknado. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it is on sale right now for $2 off. Uh, so to get that deal and to uh, find all of the short films, feature films, and live events, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Uh, see, Ninja Warlord would have been another great B-movie, but they had to give me Star Wars. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> um... So in addition to uh, watching things on TV, uh, streaming services, DVD, whatever, uh, like I've been doing, I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of riff tracks, way more than I should. Um, a lot of people are also doing uh, online conferences, either for work or for fun. I know there's uh, on Friday, I saw a number of my friends from different friend groups doing um, like. Uh, uh, virtual cocktail hours, uh, even even the new company I'm working with uh, has a virtual cocktail hour um, at the end of Fridays, and uh, that's becoming more popular. And while there are lots of platforms on which you can do this, uh, one of the ones that has gained steam for 
don't know why, uh, is a platform called Zoom. My guess is uh, six weeks ago, you'd probably never heard of it unless uh, you were working in a disconnected office or in the podcasting space. You'd probably never encountered Zoom before. And today it is a household name, uh, but not necessarily for the reason that they're hoping. Um, part of part of the reason why people know their brand is because they've been having a lot of trouble, uh, not just this week, but for an extended period of time. But let's deal with this week. Uh, two, uh, two particular problems have arisen. Uh, the first is uh, mostly your fault. <laughs> the people who are using it uh, have, have uh, not quite paid attention to the way the system works or the way the system looks and have created uh, problems for themselves by posting screenshots of their group uh, to social media. By doing that, you, unless you crop it correctly, you are exposing your conference ID. As soon as you expose your conference ID, I can probably join. And uh, when you expose that to people on Twitter in particular, the people who join your conferences are not there for the reason that you are. Uh, we have seen even uh, uh, heads of state uh, in other countries have posted photos, including their, their uh, conference IDs, and people have joined, have uh, gotten to the chat rooms, posted inappropriate content, comments, pictures, um, and created havoc. So, if you're using Zoom, oh my god, stop posting conference IDs. Look at your photo. It's in the title bar. It is also, I think, in the bottom right corner, depending on the screen layout you've got. Do not post a screenshot or a photo that has your conference ID in it, um, or people will join and they will mess up your conference. But, more importantly... Could you not make it invite-only? You can. Uh... But nobody seemingly does that, including heads of state. <laughs> I, I can't remember which country it was, but a prime... That's their fault. Right. And that's why I say the first problem is totally yours. You, you're responsible for it yourself, but it is the, it's a, an aspect of the system that allows you to create these... Easily create these open-ended and uh, not exactly make it closed-ended uh, meetings because they're way easier to just get a link and send to the people in your group than it is to try and invite people to the app. I understand it. I've used Zoom. I hate Zoom, um, but I've used it, uh, and I totally understand how much easier it is to create an open-ended one, grab the URL, and email it to your people than it is to try and invite people through it. <laughs> yeah, You can create an event... You know, in in Teams or Slack or email or whatever, and send it out to everybody. I get it. Don't do it. Uh, and then don't send the the conference ID, uh, no matter what you do. Um, but the more important part of this was, it wasn't just inappropriate uh, text and photos that were being added. It was certain links uh, were being put into the Zoom chat that allowed the people who posted them uh, through some clever uh, malicious content to be able to get the Windows credentials for the account that was currently logged in. So, uh, drive-by Zoom bombing. Here's, a, here's an ID. Get into the chat room, post the link. Oh, now I have your Windows credentials. 
if it's a business account, somebody like a head of state, um, all of a sudden you might have greater access to a, to a network than you're supposed to have uh, by getting the current uh, credentials for the computer and uh, things get wonky. Now, Zoom has put out a patch to fix this problem, theoretically. It doesn't work anymore. Are there other issues? Who knows? Uh, because uh, this is not the first big vulnerability that Zoom has uh, has exposed. Uh, last year, uh, we didn't talk about it on the show, but it was on my short list uh, for a topic one week. Um, Zoom had a glitch in which uh, if I, I could I could create and a Zoom conference force a user account into it, turn on their webcam, and the user never got a notification about the conference or the webcam being turned on. Talk about a dangerous situation. Um, so, you know, they, they've had major security and uh, privacy issues before, which is the reason why I don't allow it on any of my computers. Um, personally, because I, I don't have, in fairness, I don't allow most software in my computers. <laughs> People who know me know that I don't trust, uh, anybody and anybody who's been a fan of the show for a long time probably has figured that out too. Um, hence 2019 being our year of security, right? It's t turning into 2022, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, so I guess the thing to to keep in mind is with zoom or with anything else, be careful. Um, there are always going to be vulnerabilities. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody has vulnerabilities. Um, I, the, the statistic is, is old, but it used to be the only, the only organization you could trust more than, more than NASA in, in bugs per line of code was Microsoft. That's obviously not the case anymore. Uh, so, uh, Nobody can be trusted. There's going to be problems, so the less attack surface you create, uh, the better. So if you're using Zoom, make it invite only. Don't post photos of your of your conference ID anywhere, let alone to a public social media. Um, if you have a removable webcam, if you're one of the lucky ones that has a removable webcam, uh, if you're not using it, maybe disconnect it. Uh, if you have software that you don't know, uh, just simple things like that. Uh, keep yourself protected. What do you think, Abram? I, I know you guys have uh, disconnected workforce too, right? Yes. So we, uh, before our company was bought, there was a time period when, when uh, Perch, our previous parent company, used Zoom. And I did not like Zoom. I'm trying to remember why I didn't like it. It just seemed like a pain in the butt. I, uh, I had it take right a computer now, down. I had to, uh, I had to I mean, reformat and reinstall a computer an, one time because of it. It was like another, yet another service that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Uh, before that, we used something called Blue Jeans, uh, which I don't know what became of that. I found that equally annoying. Uh, <laughs> but right now, we use Google Meet. And mm -hmm. I like Google Meet. So why? What I don't understand is why Zoom has become the the software of choice for this quarantine period, not 
something else like Google Meet. Uh, Google Meet is also free. Google, Google Meet. Google Meet is tied to your Google account, which... Google Meet, Slack, What's wrong Teams, with Meet? Facebook Messenger, all have the exact same interface uh, for the actual conference as, as Zoom does and uh, doesn't require another piece of software, doesn't require another account for another thing because you've probably... You might already have Slack. You might already have Teams. You probably already have Skype. You almost certainly already have Facebook. You, you almost certainly already have a Google. Right. You almost certainly already have a Google account. Right. So, right. so I have no idea where Zoom came from I mean, all of a sudden. I mean, I, I like Google Meet. Now, I overwhelmed it the other. I had an issue with it getting a little bit overwhelmed the other day when I was in a conference with like 25 people and I kept trying to present my screen and like switching back and forth but that could have been my internet connection at the moment or whatever mm-hmm. it's google it's tied to your stuff but it, it also is similarly easy to share with people i can understand like okay let's say you want to have on i don't know you're talking about like a cocktail hour or something mm-hmm. and not everybody is on the same system which is one of the reasons that i'm not a huge fan of microsoft teams because microsoft teams is very oriented toward you have to be in the same domain you have to like it it's I think it's very difficult to work to get people onto a Teams conference unless they're part of you unless they have an email account within your company. The the family um, the family teams, uh the new Microsoft family teams, uh it doesn't work that way. But yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. If it was if it was a month ago, that restriction was a hundred percent an annoyance. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, like in our company, we work with a lot of freelancers so who don't have email addresses from our company. And mm-hmm. that's just business stuff. And you're talking also about people using it for social things. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think Google Meet is good. Mm-hmm. I I recommend Google Meet it's, for, the, for this purpose. It's one I, of the, at, again, people who have been longtime fans know kind of my feelings on Google. Um, it's one of the Google few Google products that I will use on a on a regular basis if i have to right so i don't know why zoom is caught on i really don't i know why um, it caught on in the podcasting can explain to me i know why it caught on in the podcasting and uh and conference call space it's nice that it records all the audio channels individually okay i'm good with that i understand from a podcasting perspective being able to edit your audio and my audio separately of course i can do that anyway with with the hardware we have here, but you know, if you and I were just doing this on a, on a super low budget, something like zoom that, that records the audio separately. Okay. I got it. Um, I can send a link to a, to a random interviewee that they can click in. Granted, we can do that with this too, but you know, it's not talking on a, on a $0 budget or something, you know, all that's kind of nice, but from a, from a friend's perspective, doesn't make a bit of sense to me why it caught on all of a sudden. But we've had this conversation. How many times have we had this conversation where some weird platform that doesn't do anything special comes up out of nowhere and becomes really popular for no reason? (laughs) We've, we've done this so many times over the last couple of years that even the conversation's yeah, I, I not all that special anymore. Messengers. Yeah. It's the same thing with instant messengers, right? Like no one can really explain why 
the ascendance or descendants of different instant messengers. Like why, you know, like I, I've been, I hasten to say this, I've been around using instant messengers for so long that the first one I used was ICQ, mm -hmm. which people probably have forgotten. But ICQ was displaced. I remember because when I worked at about.com, first we were all on ICQ. Then we were all on AOL Instant Messenger. Then we were all on, uh, I think there was a while, we were all on MSN Messenger. And then we were all, and then eventually things moved, eventually things moved to Google to Google Chat, uh, whatever it was called at the time. Google Talk. Uh, Google Talk. And, uh, Google Talk. Google Talk. Uh, you know, eventually. But like, oh, and there was a time I was on Yahoo Messenger. Uh -huh. Like, I have no idea. And to be honest, none of these things is appreciably better than ICQ was back when I was using it 20 years ago. Absolutely. 100%. So, In fact, uh, nothing that ex none of the messengers that exist today have away messages like we had on ICQ and AOL and MSN and Yahoo. We've actually lost features. <laughs> I guess they assume you're not going to be away. <laughs> you're never away. You have your phone now. You're always reachable. You can't say you're away. I, I had AOL Instant Messenger on my, my, Samsung eighty five hundred, uh, oh, nineteen years ago. Oh, can't believe that's the case. <laughs> so I was technically never away either. <laughs> but away messages were part of the fun. They were, they're what gave birth. Right. They're what gave birth to, to things like. Like uh, MySpace and Facebook and Twitter was AOL away messages because <laughs> that's all Twitter yeah. is well, is an aim away message. There you go. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. True. And and I keep telling people that the only the only thing that separates Zoom from its competitors is their seeming lack of uh, interest in protecting their customers. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is probably powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, in addition to your, your free shipping on right now on essential items, uh, you have a lot of things that can, they can help with with being home, uh, you've got free music with Amazon Prime Music, uh, several million tracks you can stream for free. You've got Amazon Prime Video, which has TV and movies and documentaries uh, available as part of your subscription. You've also got my favorite, which is Twitch Prime, which gives you free video games every month. It gives you one free uh, Twitch subscription that you can use to uh, help out the, the content creator of your choice. You can use it to subscribe to Plug Hits Live or somebody else. Uh, and there's a whole lot more that comes with your subscription. Uh, we've got a list of some of our favorites, links to them. And if you're not a subscriber, we have a 30-day free trial so you can find out if it's for you. And all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So we've talked before about the Apple tax. If you're not familiar with the Apple tax, it is the, the process that Apple uses, um, the, the rules that they use uh, that force um, subscriptions within the Apple store to be made through the Apple store. 
so if you're Netflix and you sign up for Netflix through the app on iOS or, uh, or Mac OS, uh, the requirement would be that you must process that transaction through the Apple store. Theoretically a nice feature, one easy way you don't have to deal with billing or any of that. Apple takes care of it all for you, but they also take a 30% cut, um, which if you're a startup, if you're a company with kind of razor thin margins like Netflix, who spends more money uh, on content that they bring in right now um, in an attempt to get more subscribers, uh, a 30% cut off the revenue, not even off the profit, off the top is a huge cut. And uh, we've seen Netflix got rid of their in-app sign-up like two years ago. Um, Google recently removed it from YouTube TV. You cannot sign up for YouTube TV through, uh, through your Apple device anymore. You have to do it through the website. And they canceled all the active subscriptions. Uh, actually, as of last week, I think. Um, which was a big move. But... That 30% cut hurts, and uh, apparently it has started to hurt Apple as well. Um, and so right now, as the demand for streaming services is higher than possibly it's ever been before, um, and Apple is looking to, uh, to get in on that, they are uh, making it free. They're removing that 30% cut for uh, premium streaming services. So... Netflix, Amazon, YouTube, things like that, um, so that they don't have to pay that 30% cut off the top for now. Um, obviously, their hope is that people will keep their subscriptions past this suspension time, and they'll start getting the 30% cut uh, in the future, um, which seems like such a strange move, because if a company like Netflix or Google has moved away from in-app signups to avoid the 30%, they have to know what's going on here as much as I do, right, Avram? Yeah, why are they going to come? When are, I, I don't think they're going to turn it back on, right? And why would they? The 30% cut? Oh, yeah. It, it seems like a bad strategy. This is a temporary... No, no, no. I mean, I don't think I don't think Netflix is going to turn back on right. subscribe, uh, like subscription through, through the App Store because then they're going to... Then they're going to just be signing up people who eventually they're going to have to take. Apple's going to take the thirty percent cut. So I don't know who Apple's going to convince with this. Right, that was my thought. I was like, when when I read this, my initial thought was, who is their target here? Because obviously they want they would love to have Netflix and YouTube money back. Because losing those two was a you know, a big hit. Um, but there's no way they're coming back because they know the plan. Are, are they going after, after startups? Are they going after Quibi? Like who is their target demo with this weird move? I can't imagine anybody who knows anything really about anything to fall for this. It's so bizarre to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I wonder if Apple's really uh, that interested in making sure that they take their cut. 
is it are they just worried about a lawsuit or something if they decided that they would kick Netflix out of the store or kick um or kick YouTube well I guess kicking YouTube would be really bad but kick kicking YouTube premium in some way out of the store the the thing is so long as they don't allow uh subscriptions to be signed up for in the app they're not in violation of anything it's it's what Netflix did years ago you have to go to the website to sign up yeah. for an account okay in fact yeah in fact yeah um it's what it's what Amazon uh I have not looked into how this works or how long this may be successful for but um Amazon Prime Video until this week oh that's interesting let me process that for a second while I keep talking until this week Amazon Prime Video didn't allow you to make purchases or rentals of movies in their iOS app. You had to go to the website to do it. And this week they've made it so you can. I wonder if they're taking advantage of this loophole for short term revenues. And then after the thing goes away, it'll go back. Huh? Oh, that makes sense. I feel like I'm going to have to try it. I feel like I'm going to have to try and buy or rent something through the, through the app and see if it pulls up the Apple pay, the, the app store stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't well, considered that more these, reason for people to use Android. I hadn't considered that these two stories might be related until literally right this second. <laughs> huh? All right. Well, I'm going to give that a shot <laughs> after the show and uh, see what happens. Cause that's, that's actually really interesting that, that, it might be targeted at at companies who aren't necessarily doing subscription, but are might be doing uh, uh, rental or purchases like Amazon Prime Video, and so they may have they may have activated that feature for right now because it doesn't cost anything for them. What what does it do for Apple though? What does that do for Apple? I mean, like they're not if they're just going to turn it off again, then Apple's not going to get get their thirty percent cut anytime. So they're they're giving the users a slight convenience for a little while, right. but it's not really much of a convenience because you could just go to the website and do it there. Right. So I don't think that's a big deal. I don't know. It's all very strange. I I don't know how to I don't know how to wrap my head around it either. So no, no, no. I guess. I guess it's one of those weird things that we'll probably never understand. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. The chat rooms were a little quiet tonight, but we did have uh, live viewers. Uh, so we always appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, or you can search for Plug Hits Live on your favorite uh, streaming service, Facebook, YouTube, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, and Livestream.com. Uh, and with this new, this new service that we're using, we're going to look at uh, showing up on some other platforms as well. Um, and you can join us on Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you aren't able to join us live and would like to subscribe 
You can do that on YouTube, on Facebook, or any of the podcatchers, Apple or Google, Spotify, TuneIn. Uh, and if there's a place that you would like us to be, especially with this new live stream system, uh, if there's a place you'd like us to be and we currently are not, let us know. And uh, we'll look into uh, what it would take to make that happen. Uh, and I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you guys back next time. Ciao.